0: Jordan, how's it going? What's up? What's up? What's up, Rob? Again, I asked you. I mean, I thought I asked you what's up. Now you're putting me on the spot. I was asking you what's up because I thought I would kick it to you and get kind of the conversational ball rolling, you know?
1: I don't see what's up as an actual question. I see what's up as more of like a hey. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah.
0: Well, Uh, nothing's really up. I mean, I'm just I'm sitting here. We're doing the intro to the podcast. I'm watching the Toronto Raptors game on the other screen and it's really just making me very unhappy. Um, (laughs) The season's taking a turn for the worse. Uh, I was getting, I was getting a little cocky, some of our earlier conversations because of their success against the, uh, the Cavs and then nothing has gone right for the Toronto Raptors this season. It's not very happy about it. Yeah. That's all I got going on really. Well, if you
1: want entertainment, Rob, you can head on over to our YouTube channel where Ooh. members uh, of our community are roasting you in the
0: comments—that's yeah. pretty entertaining. I think it, it escaped into the it escaped into the broader YouTube ecosystem. Yeah, I listen haters. It just because some of the haters on YouTube don't think that I could <laughs> wrestle a mountain lion to a draw, guess what? That just fuel that fu- that's fuel for me. That just fuels my grind. There, <laughs> I like this one from. Uh, I took that guy named personally.
1: Wyatt. Bro's crazy. Ain't no way you beating a mountain lion. Someone replies. I mean, there are multiple instances that hikers have strangled mountain lions. Someone else replies. Hikers have to be in excellent shape to be able to hike. That guy. <laughs> I saw well, that. And I was like, oh, you no, know, that's, yeah. <laughs> Wyatt replies. That guy ain't him though. <laughs> you Jeez. reply give me like a month to train first at least i'm not going in cold <laughs> someone says rob you'll be going in cold somewhere if you tried to fight a mountain lion
0: yeah and again uh, like we got into this a little bit during our conversation with uh, manny fidel uh who's coming up next i thought maybe a little some of those comments were maybe a little taking a little too far getting a little personal you know it's all in good fun I thought maybe it was a little over the, over the line, over the top, but you know, whatever, as usual, I am a professional. It just washes right off my back. But for other people (laughs) though, you know, for other people, I'm worried about them and how they might react if they get that same kind of reaction, not that it bothers me, but you know, I want to make sure that we have this like a safe space for people to appear on the show. They don't, they're not going to worry about getting any kind of targeted harassment like I do, which again, rolls right off my back, but. Not everyone has sure. that. Not everyone is, is has the same kind of mental fortitude as me. A lesser, a lesser podcaster would have crumbled under the weight That's of these right. comments. Yeah, in addition to the weight of the the multiple people are challenging my taste in films as well. <laughs> um, and if you if you had, did not hear if the previous bonus episode that we did with our friend Jared Holtz. Um I did address this the somewhat tense conversation that we had with Cam Kadsky and his his, uh, his somewhat aggressive diatribe about my about Avatar the Way of Water and my film taste I believe he called it if I remember correctly a stupid movie for babies and idiots or something along those lines again a little maybe a little over the top I did I address agree. this controversy in our previous bonus episode with Jared Holtz that you can uh, access if you're a subscriber of this program. And I really put the avatar haters on notice. I think I want to unleash an epic, an epic rant that I think should settle this subject once and for all. We don't need to discuss this anymore. I didn't actually ask Manny about his stance on this kind of cause I wanted uh-huh. to give the subject a rest a little bit. I thought maybe our listeners sure. would be, might be getting a little tired of hearing me talk about this, but. Yeah, um, I did put the I did put the failing irrelevant avatar hater community on notice. And I <laughs> gave what I thought was the final word on this, uh, quote unquote, argument.
1: Yeah, I think maybe five episodes in a row on avatar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, might, might not be the best idea. But uh, here we are.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's exclusively exclusively an <laughs> avatar react uh, podcast now. That's what we're pivoting to. Pivoting to video yeah. and exclusive uh, avatar content and like various animal fight uh, thought experiments. Mm-hmm.
1: That was fun. That was a fun conversation with Jared though about which animal we could take in a fight. I like yeah. that. Um, like, but yeah. To reiterate, we're we're doing more video now, and we're we're publishing those on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, as well as our Twitter. And that's made possible because we now have a better recording platform thanks to our subscribers. So, if you want to subscribe, in addition to helping support this show and our capabilities for this show, you also get a bonus episode every week. You can head on over to theinsurgents.substack.com to subscribe. And there, for just five bucks a month, you can help keep this show going and also continue to upgrade. Uh, our capabilities and so more video, more more shows, more everything. It's great. We really really appreciate the people who have subscribed over the past few weeks. You've made all this possible, and the people who have subscribed now for a couple of years. We really really appreciate it. We're going into our third year doing this show.
0: Is that right? Is somehow it's correct. Yeah. Somehow it's right. <laughs> yeah. I love That's it. Something we really I love it. Yeah. Same. Uh, very much same. And again, just to reiterate what Jordan's saying. Thank you so much to all our, our wonderful paid interns. Um, and you want to get to our conversation with Manny Fidel because this is a this is a fun one.
1: Yeah, this is great. We get into the Demar Hamlin NFL story, everything around that, as well as we uh, we we discuss Kevin McCarthy's ongoing quest to become Speaker of the House and the hilarity around that. So some sad, some heavy, some fun. It's a mix of everything. Great, great conversation with Manny Fidel.
0: Absolutely. Uh, So stay tuned for that. Manny Fidel is going to be joining the program right after this. Okay, because here's my question. So, what we're always told, right, about capitalism, you know, versus socialism, is that private, the private sector, can figure these things out efficiently, way better than the public sector, right? Can deliver these services, such as internet, high speed internet. Now, Manny, you're in New York City. It's the epicenter of global capitalism, wealthiest country in the human history, right? And right where, it's where all the wealth is concentrated. That's right. And these these Internet companies—they're in good old New York City, the Windy City, as it's called, <laughs> as it's known. Can't, the city still of brotherly can't exactly—they still can't can't get their shit together. Is that what <laughs> you're telling me?
2: That is what I'm telling you. Um, okay. It is the yeah. This in New York City we have the opposite effect, which is that there's such monopolies in different neighborhoods of internet services, which means that one company will have like a whole borough, and it and they don't have to be good because they're the only option and that's what's happening to me right now.
1: That's one of the reasons why I don't want to move. Um even though like I've got issues with my apartment complex, I have mm. two choices. I have two choices for internet. And yeah. because of that the prices are much lower and the speeds are good. And I never have issues and I know you know, many parts of DC only have Comcast or only have one provider. Many neighborhood, many neighborhoods in DC only have one provider or one option, and I don't want to be in a situation where I only can have Comcast. And they, what they're just gonna keep raising your bill every yeah. year. What are you gonna do? Not have internet?
2: Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Do hotspot? Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. Great system. But, um, <laughs> but I'm glad I'm here. Uh, you know, Part of it is the monopolies, and part of it is also my luck. Like, my internet was working all day until you guys asked me to be on this podcast, yeah. and uh, of
0: course... <laughs> uh, the podcast goblins got in there. You, Rob, do you know what I learned about
1: Manny over the past few weeks? What's that? This guy is fucking goaded at bowling. Really? <laughs> this, guy, this guy is like... He's unstoppable. He's like the LeBron James of bowling. I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there now. He, kicked, you know, that's he kicked that's my pretty, fucking ass. He likes. He said, "Oh, I was in town." He's like, "Oh, you want to go bowling?" I Thought, "Whoa, what a fun, what a fun <laughs> Sunday activity." And this guy is just like immediately, right out of the gate, just bowling strikes, and then just like doing finger guns and blowing <laughs> smoke. It's just here. like, "What the fuck? Put the bumpers up, man! I haven't bowled in like fifteen years." I like suggesting uh,
2: activities where I can essentially just dunk on people, and just yeah. you know, it's that's my favorite thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, bowling is fun, dominance. and uh, and Jordan's being a little bit humble. He almost beat me in the second game, but he third. totally choked it the third game. The third game, and
1: then I <laughs> choked in the final frame. Like I was cruising. I got my I got my stride. I got my accuracy down. I got my form down, and I was cruising. And then Manny started getting like some spares and strikes near the end of the game. And the final yeah, frame, all I needed to do was there. hit like what five or six, and I would have won. Yeah, and just hit like, <laughs> just somehow hit like the back corner and got one pin.
2: Mm. It's the pressure, man. It gets to you. The, yeah, the bowling yeah. is eighty percent mental, man. That's what they say. That's what <laughs> I say, anyways.
0: <laughs> I'm just thinking about Jordan, like as with Bill Murray at the end of Kingpin, with the hair flying all over the place and the <laughs> this this unique, the special ball, the custom ball with the rose.
2: No nah, man, Jordan's good. I think if Jordan went semi consistently, he would like he would outpace me pretty quickly. I I saw the talent. I felt like a college football scout. I was like, this okay. is a prospect. <laughs> He's gonna get there. Yeah. I almost don't want him to go bowling for that
1: reason. I want to go though. Like just, I thought it was fun. That's that's a, an activity that I have never once thought of in my adult life to go do. Uh, oh yeah, until it's you suggested it, I want to go again. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, bowling. Let's do it when you're back. Oh, I'm bowling. awful
0: absolutely awful are you maybe if i went regularly i could figure it out but i haven't been for many years i think if i were to show up in one of these situations it would be extremely embarrassing <laughs> if you want me to shoot jumpers i can do that i can hoop many people don't know this about me but it's true i can hoop that is okay? something
2: i would not have guessed i have to yeah. say <laughs> uh
1: I yeah, we're gonna get more disbelief rob is getting cur- rob is currently getting like decimated in our youtube comments over yeah. last episode saying that he could fight a mountain lion and come to a draw uh and obviously <laughs> that, was a, that was a joke but like wait i saw on i saw a good
2: one yesterday which is if if a plane if a pilot on a plane was incapacitated we for some well. reason oh you guys went over this wow yeah, we did we decided right. we could lower your land answers
1: it. yeah we could land it easy
2: oh yeah i'm landing that i'm doing i'm doing barrel rolls like that there's no problem for me i got as that I said, easily
0: as I said in the previous episode, it just it depends on it's like if it's a storm situation, there's heavy winds or a lightning storm. Okay, then we might have a problem. But if we're just talking a clear day, pilot incapacitated, to have someone in the in the tower, or whatever, talk me through it, no problem.
2: Oh, I, I've seen a, I've seen a few videos of of people actually doing this, but in a flight simulator, and the directions they're getting are, are literally just like. Turn this little dial five dots to the right. Pre- pre- press this number sequence. It's just like r- tiny little sequences like that, and then the plane just lands. It's quite no magical, problem. and I yeah. can do that easily.
0: Yeah, no, I did unless see some my of the-
2: internet connection was bad. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I did see some of those YouTube comments though. Maybe a little bit, a little bit excessive. I think some of the some of the commentary a little personal. So the comments <laughs> we were getting there about my my ability to to take on this animal, you'll notice that I didn't I didn't say that it'd be easier that I'd easily defeat the mountain lion. I simply said that I I think that I could take it to a draw. And there's all kinds <laughs> of people kind of really unnecessarily ramping up the the rhetoric there in the response to that. That was disappointing. Disappointing to see from the I thought I expected better from the YouTube community, but hey, man, in in soccer you get one point for
2: a draw. There's no shame in that at all. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I, d- I thought those were very funny. Like it went quickly from like this motherfucker thinks he could fight a mountain lion to like oh with that
0: voice and those glasses yeah. nah look at that piece of shit. <laughs> it's like well <"Whoa, laughs> easy. Like, it's so I'm sorry. Good. Anyway, uh, I'm like Fidel. History Manny, will vindicate me. <laughs> Manny,
1: thank you for joining us. How's it going?
2: Absolutely, I've been waiting uh, for you guys to ask me to come on. I mean, I think it's been like two years, so I'm a little bit uh. I'm a little bit disappointed, but I'm glad I'm back.
1: Oh, has it been that long? I you don't, came I on in no 2020, I think. Right?
2: I'm talking shit. Are we allowed to cuss on here? Probably. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. Can. Cool. Cool. Yeah. No, I Once. don't know. Uh, I'm I'm happy to be here.
0: You came on in 2020. That was literally two years ago.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about uh Lloyd Austin. I remember this now. We were talking about how they wanted, they were like trying to champion Lloyd Austin as this incredible like
1: diversity hire, and and I just thought it was all bullshit. <clears throat> No, oh, well, that's that's progress. Don't, don't you know that changes our foreign policy? Yeah, what it's all about <laughs> that's actually like that's we'll get into that when we get to the Kevin McCarthy speaker drama, because like now Republicans are trying to do the same tokenization thing with. Uh, right. Oh, what's his name? Daniels, Byron Daniels, I believe his name is. Yeah. The, the Freedom Caucus guy that they're they keep voting for right now they're trying to frame it as some like equity move They're like this would be the first black male speaker and like this is (laughs) a historic move and just like all right relax just just relax i I
2: always love that when it's like oh don't you want to vote for history here and it's like no that that guy sucks ass too i think he's also terrible
1: yeah yeah uh but Manny, what have you been uh what have you what have you been playing lately? We got we have to do gaming chat before anything.
2: Absolutely. Uh and you know, I'd like to I'd like to let our viewers, our listeners know that after two hard years, um I was finally able to secure a PlayStation 5 last night. Ooh. So um, I feel good. really happy. I feel really grateful to be here. I can't nice. believe it. It's it hasn't hit yet. This
1: is and this is your first interview after the acquisition, right? This is the post. This is the post game interview. OK, yeah, this yeah. Is great.
2: <laughs> I had to pay out the ass for the God of War edition of the PlayStation 5. So whatever. I'm just taking the L on that. But I hear that's a really great game anyway. So I'll be playing that. Um, mostly I just started Death Stranding for the first time. Um, oh, nice. I'm totally sold. I love it. It's great. Uh, the plot is incredible and the graphics are so beautiful. I'm playing that on my PC so I get to see like the PC version of the game. Um and Did then, you pick it up in like
0: the epic sale on Christmas? It was
2: uh no, it was it was on Xbox Game Pass for free and oh, okay. I pay like yeah. I think it's like $15 a month or whatever for that. Yeah. Um so yeah, playing through that. Uh and then um the new Warzone. Yeah, and I know you hate that game. I do I do yeah but I am playing it and I am getting dubs I have to say
1: <laughs> well congrats yeah I can't do Call of Duty like at all anymore I'm just I'm done with the franchise I'm I know so, I remember so this so but
2: in the tragedy was that you were great at it I remember just being carried like a
1: <laughs> motherfucker in that game by like, you,
2: just put, I'm the, good at you shooters, just put the gloves shooters, which
1: up. is <clears throat> ironic because I hate guns and I hate gun culture but I'm really good at shooting yeah, yeah. games <laughs> so bizarre uh, yeah Rob, so those, what that's you? what I'm playing Oh, sorry did you ask me. Yeah what what about you? What are you playing?
0: I'm playing Fortnite still, and I got I got uh weirdly fixated on this this like one of these like addictive mobile games, Mob Control. Okay, I'm just playing Mob, Mob Control <laughs> all the time. Yeah, where you launch out like these the tiny little level, mobs.
1: Is that like the like the level? You're like a level. I can't tell. If this ball. is a bit.
0: No, 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 it's not. It's not like that kind of mob. It's like mob, like monster. Like you control this little army and you send it, you, you shoot little guys that have a cannon and then they hit like a little multiplier and then you have your opponent shooting a bunch of guys at their multiplier and your armies like collide with one another and you're trying to take over their base and stuff. That's incredible, man. fun. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Uh, I got. what I got going on. (laughs) I I did pick up Death Stranding, but I haven't, I haven't installed it yet.
1: Nice. I need to Looking finish forward it. to getting into
0: that. So we've I've got jet Stranding and it. we've
1: got
2: uh, Mob Control. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's great. The leftist mob. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the woke mob control. Uh, have you guys... I <laughs> have a f- funny question that's result- that will result in an embarrassing story. But have you guys ever got suckered and like convinced to buy something off of Instagram ads that you keep getting repeatedly?
0: Well, this game, I got off an ad from another mobile oh, really? game that I was playing. Yeah, it was like, it was when, you know, you have those mobile games and then it pauses every like five minutes to show you an ad for another game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, well, this looks, looks kind of all right this one, oh. I'm going to give this a shot. So, <laughs> right. yes. And then I ended up paying $5 <laughs> for it. So I didn't have to see more ads in this new game that I just got. So to answer your question, yes, I have.
1: <laughs> uh, Manny, have
2: you? I For the first time, yeah, a few weeks ago, I, I bought a sweater that was advertised to me on Instagram from a Japanese clothing company, and How it took, fit. like, six weeks to get here. Uh, it fits well, but only because on the website, they make very clear that their sizes are different than our sizes, and that, like, you have to order, an. I had to order an extra large, and I'm normally a medium, and yeah. they just, like, put that in the fine print. No, they're like no returns if you got the wrong size. <laughs> that could
0: have been a disaster.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I would have had to um, give it to my little sister or something.
1: I got really into ads this year. Uh I just I'm so fast. As Manny, you know why I like on another on another point which we'll get into I think yeah, in like yeah. hopefully a week or two. Um uh-huh. <laughs> I, I just was like became really fascinated with Instagram and mobile ads this year. Uh, as just like a concept. But there was a couple things that I actually did buy off of Instagram. And one of those products, I kept getting these ads for, and I thought they were very bizarre. And I would send them to uh, Brooke Marks from TYT, who some of you might know, uh, just because I thought they were so funny and bizarre. And we always send like the weirdest things we see on Instagram to each other. And this ad, all these ads for the same product were like, Oh, like it was like TikTok style videos of people being like, "Oh, my cousin or my my sister or my husband thinks that he can't afford blank," and like the the whole product, like the whole ad pitch around these products was like, "Oh, my friend thinks they can't afford this, and I can, and it's so good." And I thought <laughs> this was such a weird concept, and so I kept watching these ads, so I would obviously get more of them, and I kept sending them to her. And she eventually watched them so much that she bought this product and tried it and said she liked it. So then I was like, well, fuck, do I need to buy this now? Am I going to like it? (laughs) So starting today, I am now an active user of Colon Broom, a product that I got (laughs) repeatedly on Instagram. And apparently it's just some like... Dietary fiber supplement, and I don't oh, know. How, I, I would assume because okay, I followed a bunch of like
2: physical account.
0: broom. That's <laughs> I was like,
2: whoa, wait, 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 wait what <laughs> website did you get this from?
0: <laughs> colon, colon broom, it's colon like some broom.
2: drink
1: that like is like helps with like it's your fiber like a detox thing. Not even that. It's just like here's a bunch of fiber, <clears throat> and it'll reduce bloating. Which I'm gonna try okay. it. I don't know. She says it Let works. Let me know how that goes. Yeah, I don't want to be bloated. Nobody wants to be bloated. It's 2023. No one wants that. I 2022 hate 2022.
0: That. Is the year of the bloat. We're leaving that behind. We're leaving oh, yeah. that in 2022. <laughs> I have bought some clothes off Instagram as well. Um, around this summer, I I decided that I was gonna start rebranding as like a wacky shirt guy. So I got a couple of like funky shirts. Oh, that's such a dad move. That's
2: great. <laughs> That is such you a bring, thing. You gotta bring that to the bowling alley.
0: The five inch inseams with the funky shirt. That's a that's a killer combo. But it's winter now. It is it's not really the same thing. It's more of like a spring summer type look. So maybe I'll get back into that. It is weird just in general how Instagram, like I remember Instagram was a app for sharing photos with your friends, and now that seems to be primarily what it's for, is it's like a mall, basically. And yeah. all the all the pictures that, that you shared with people, that's kind of just like no one does that anymore. You know now it's now it's like a TikTok clone and a mall basically. Right.
2: I remember I mean last year I was so close to be quitting Instagram. Not like fully quitting but just like you know really deprioritizing it and Quiet then quitting. Right, exactly exactly. And then I got a job at NBC where I this literally my job now. <laughs> I
1: can't I cannot escape this this app. Yeah. I I used to sour on it. And then once they really started pushing reels, and I saw other people pushing what they do uh, with reels, I figured, okay, that's something I got to do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Now it has some value in there for sure. I hope it all just dies. We made a TikTok for this show, and I've been doing it for like a week and a half, and I already f- I fucking hate that platform right. so much. <laughs> I hate it. I hate. It. I hate it with every fiber of my being. But I'm doing it for you, the listeners.
2: There you go. I was just going to ask, how are you going to get to the Zoomer demographic of your audience? It's That's not right. fair to them to not run the TikTok, Jordan. True.
0: My but mountain Manny lion ch- clip didn't get any traction on there? No. they Nobody said anything
1: bad on TikTok about your mountain lion fight. It was <gasps> just YouTube. Like, the claws were out. Yeah. You like that? <laughs> the claw,
2: the that claws was, were out. I, I want to boo, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to
1: boo. <laughs> yeah.
0: The claws were out. I was getting <laughs> mauled. That's right. He's getting mauled in the
1: comments. But, Manny, you're here to talk about uh among other things uh, this the story out of the NFL that quickly became a national story on Monday night during uh what was you know slated to be like the marquee matchup in the final weeks of the NFL between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills, early in the game, safety buff uh Bill safety Demar Hamlin uh, while making a routine tackle. Uh, suffered what appeared to be or what was cardiac arrest and it was unclear in the first couple minutes what was happening he he after making that tackle he stood up took about a step back collapsed uh you know trainers were called on the field he received medical attention and the game went to a commercial break as it typically does during uh an injury that seems that could take A minute or two. And people were unsure. It just looked like, oh, maybe he tore something. Maybe he broke something. Happens. It's, it's, it's It's a rough game. As time went on, it became clear, you know, multiple commercial breaks during the Monday Night Football broadcast. After, I think, the third, after coming back from the third one, you saw an ambulance on the field and players gathered around them. Then we started to see footage of people crying. And then it became clear, this is so much more than just a standard football injury. After, you know, several minutes and him eventually being taken off the field, still with no real clarity of what happened. It was, you know, the the call was made by Joe Buck, the announcer, that each team would have five minutes to warm up and the game would resume, which struck a lot of people as odd because it just appeared as though something very serious happened. The coaches then conferred with the refs. They went to the locker room. It became clear, okay, this isn't going to happen in five minutes. Players were visibly shaken up. It. As, as I said, it later turned out, you know, and we found out later, that he had a cardiac arrest. He had to be given CPR uh, an AED on the field. Like he was shocked. And he was given CPR and treatment for several minutes. And he uh, had to be resuscitated multiple times on the field. Over the past few days, we've seen just how serious it was. He was taken to the University of Cincinnati Hospital. Uh, he was in critical condition. He wasn't breathing on his own. But his vitals did stabilize thankfully there's still no real developments we're recording this on wednesday there's still no you know tangible material developments but i'm curious from your perspective manny you're someone who you know covers news is a huge football fan um you know you 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 understand yes football is a violent game and you understand the criticisms around the sport uh, you and i talk about football constantly cuz we're both big ohio state fans uh mm-hmm. And even looking at that, like the hit that Marvin Harrison Jr. took just a couple nights before, and you compare that with the incident uh, in the in the Bills and Bengals game with Demar Hamlin, like by comparison, the Harrison hit was much <clears throat> more brutal and much more dangerous. But what happened here in this game was a freak accident. It's d- obviously deeply unfortunate, but this is just a total, you know, freak accident. It was he was hit in the right place? It seems like if this is the case, it's um commotio comortis or i can't remember the the exact name but it's basically people are speculating that he was basically if you're hit on the right time in the chest with enough force right in the right spot at the right time during your uh electrocardio cycle it can stop your heart and it's happened to other athletes before it happens a lot in baseball happened to jerry lawler uh of then ww uh f i think but now wwe
0: i was there Uh, it's you Mm -hmm. were there yeah that was in montreal uh, a couple years ago Jerry Holler's oh, heart Jesus. stopped when he was doing commentary after wrestling a match earlier that night. Oh, my yeah, God. Geez. It was um, very dark, but please continue. We should
1: get into that and then also the <laughs> the, uh, the the heart incident, too, because George Smith was at the heart uh, incident because that was in Missouri. Um, but, Manny, I'm, I'm curious what your takeaways were uh, in that moment, mm-hmm. what your thoughts were about the NFL trying to restart the game and now trying to say that they never had any intention of starting the game and the fallout since conversations around it people's <clears> criticisms of the of the NFL is it warranted and where do we go from here i mean it's a lot to put on your plate all at once but i'm just curious what your what your general takeaways are
2: yeah no it's all good but we can uh talk through it it this um yeah as you said i'm i'm a huge football fan a uh, huge Ohio state fan rest in peace to them um but the, you know this hit that for example you brought up the Marvin Harrison Jr hit that happened There are ways on an administrative level to filter out those kinds of hits because those are, those have a little more malice to them. They're a little more intentional. Um, and this, the, the conversation around Damar Hamlin's hit is a little touch and go because it's such a, it was such a freak accident. Like you mentioned, I mean, that was as routine a tackle as I've ever seen. Um, and so there are there have been like sports personalities talking about how do we uh, make football safer for the players uh, around Demar Hamlin. But it's I mean, that is just a really tough uh, the, the physicality, like the physics of that is really tough to filter out of the game. It was just so such a normal hit um, for me. The more important conversation it should be the, the conversation, should, be, I think, should be centered around. Uh, the relationship between the NFL and its players. Um, Damar Hamlin, uh, is well a couple years into the league. I think he makes uh somewhere around eight hundred thousand dollars a year, which sounds like a lot of money, but when you low in NFL con- standards, yeah, low in NFL standards, and when you consider the fact that after this injury, you know he m- he might not ever play football again. And is now, uh, being, probably going to be tasked with like the most excessive medical bills and, and insurance bills, uh, that you can imagine. You start to, you start to have a conversation about wh- what is the NFL doing to mitigate this situation? And the answer is not much. Uh, the, the, the current or between the last, um, collective bargaining agreement between the players in the NFL and the current agreement, Disability payments went from $22,000 a month to $4,000 a month. Um, and what, what I hope, uh, I'll put it this way. Our job is we, what we do for a living is like analyze, uh, politics. I love sports, but I'm not a sports analyst. But what I know is that, you know, in, in politics, we often call out and, and try to, uh, better understand like corporate greed and, and how, Corporations prioritize profit over its workers. Um, but and while like the media does do a lot of reporting on that, it's not necessarily going to be on like your local news station. Right. It's you're not going to hear about collective bargaining agreements before like the meteorologist comes on. But with the NFL, you know, everybody consumes the NFL. Everybody watches football. And if you don't watch football, you're probably going to watch the Super Bowl. Uh, and I just hope that in terms of consumption, because of how public the NFL is, people start to see the problematic relationship between the NFL and its players, and and can hopefully resonate with it and and uh you know take away something and realize you know that that level of greed is is prevalent in in most, if not all industries in the United States. And so, you know, reasonable people will say this might not be the time to talk about that aspect of this. We're still waiting to hear what's going to happen with DeMar Hamlin. But, you know, I would argue this is probably the best time to talk about it. And hopefully there's something we can come away with this.
0: One um, interesting wrinkle to the story uh, that I found interesting anyway, was that the decision to postpone the game didn't come from the NFL. It came from the Players Association. It came from the union, basically. They stepped in and said, no, we're not putting the players back on the field after this has happened. Uh, it's just not happening, which is a pretty, I think it's a pretty cool example of this kind of real-time worker solidarity moment, right? Where these they came together to uh, make this big call when the NFL was obviously pushing them back to, Wanted them to get back on the field. Uh, there's a lot of money at stake, like Jordan was saying. It's a big, as Skip Bayless pointed out as well. It's a big game, as w- like with all kinds of implications, all kinds of ad money, all kinds of stuff on the line. And it, I thought it was really cool that the Players Association just stepped in and said, like, no, we're not doing this. The game's over.
2: Yeah, I also love the NFL, per, like <laughs> thinking that we're going to believe that. You know, they they tried. They came out and said we never said anything about five minutes. They denied the yeah. allegation. But, you know, this, we're, we're not talking about like a leak. We're talking about Joe Buck, who's just like a legendary NFL announcer. He is not going to say anything on air unless it's confirmed already, unless it's coming straight from a reliable source. And the, like the idea that the NFL was like, Hey, this is a terrible accident, but the show must go on is the least surprising thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, we are, you know, weeks, maybe a couple months removed from, uh, Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa being concussed and then being put back into the game four days later and then being injured again. This is I thought I thought it was so uh laughable that the NFL wanted us to believe that they didn't actually say that.
1: Yeah, the Skip Bayless tweet. I mean, I think it's it's a lot of people. A lot of people were wondering what was going to happen because this is such a this was such a unique circumstance, which. I'll get into, you know, the reactions overall, and I thought some of them were misguided. Um, But because this was such a unique circumstance, that suspending the game was even on the table, I think led to some people wondering, okay, what happens? Because this does have playoff implications. There's not much time left to make that game up. But the conclusion, I think, and um, I can't remember who at Defector wrote it so my apologies but a lot of st- great stuff has been published on defector so definitely go check out them But i can't remember who specifically wrote it they just said who cares don't have the game the bills you know it doesn't count bills get home field advantage bangles you know whatever they're, they'll be fine like they're yeah. still in really good shape it's not like one team gets knocked out so it doesn't have like that big of implications just bills will get home field advantage and a buy OK, yeah. is that really that big of a deal? It's the least they could get in this in this scenario. They just watched one of their teammates almost die. It's like right. it's like I think it's like the playoff equivalent <laughs> of just, you know, someone gets hurt in a soccer game and they kick, they kick the ball out to stop the game. The team, the other team will just throw them the ball back, give them the ball back. It's like yeah. good sportsmanship. Shouldn't we celebrate that? And Skip Bayless is just such a hated person. <laughs> I think he was just pointing that out at the wrong time. And because of like, yeah. and this is something that my fr- that Tom Williams pointed out last night when he and I were talking about it. He's like, "This is just twenty years of hatred building up to this point." I'm just like, "Yeah." <laughs> Shannon, I I did like Shannon Sharp's comments on Undisputed today because he took yesterday off. I would imagine he was fuming. That hits home for him. Yeah, you know, Sterling yeah. Sharp was like paralyzed on the field. Like he's definitely like extremely mindful about players' well being. He and Shannon had a long storied career with the Broncos, so uh, I I just. I hate him, but I also do think—not uh, to defend him—but I do think it was just people hate him so yeah, much, yeah. and that's why well, they like, just yeah. Totally when your whole job is him.
0: to be a hater, then that again, that's going to be the, re- the response that you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, guys. The thing about Skip, people like Skip Bayless and a lot of people in sports media is often I find them detestable people, but I also do find them very entertaining. That's the. I see it as like a wrestling thing, right? It's like Skip, Skip is a heel. He's Skip Bayless is yes. a heel. That's right. And just like <laughs> once that's your persona, then you can't really like slip out of that in those moments. It yeah. was
2: really interesting. The, the day after that tweet, uh, Skip Bayless, who is a known LeBron James hater, yeah. uh, went on about how much LeBron, how great LeBron James was after his tweet. Uh, and so he was like essentially trying to like get on get back on everyone's good side. <laughs> It's <laughs> so funny how like the sports commentary works it's so insane yeah
0: um
2: but yeah to your point like the bills and the Bengals are both good teams we're not talking about a team that is trying to become a wild card so who cares cancel the game they both have one less game on their schedule the world is not going to explode let's just you know move on and worse i mean I I kind of I doubt that they're just gonna cancel it. I do think they're gonna replay it at some point. So it's like at at that point, then yeah, great. Just change the day of the game. I can't I couldn't believe how many people were like worried about like the outcome of the season if we just moved the game
1: two weeks. Yeah, like it's one thing to be curious because it is. It's just like oh, what does happen now? This is a this is a huge moment. You're within that curiosity is a recognition of just how serious and severe this injury and this moment was for everyone involved and then you're like where do they go from here within that conversation is you know mental exploration of the future of the season for them Mm -hmm. that's where it begins and ends it's not like the nfl for the nfl it was five minutes of warm-up get back out there for everybody else it was like huh wonder what's going to happen now i hope he's okay And like uh, uh, his well-being should be the center of everyone's everyone's thoughts. And for the most part, it has. But it really just shows the callousness of the NFL. And, you know, as other sports writers have pointed out, you saw this in every other big incident. You know, it's it's usually demonstrated in silence, you know, silence after Ray Rice, uh, silence uh, after learning about the effects of CTE they just don't care silence on uh, on the the protests uh over racial injustice in this country and police brutality Mm -hmm. uh i think dave zirin at the nation pointed out that and it brought uh back to memory for me they didn't really do anything until the george floyd protests then they started painting like end racism on like the (laughs) the outside of the end zones and now they have like love wins or whatever they have on like their helmets now like a little just like hollow yeah you know, and famously racism year.
0: immediately ended after that time though so you got to hand they it did. to them you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was effective
2: yeah <laughs> yeah so I, I i view the nfl is just like the bare minimum league they're just gonna do the bare minimum uh especially with you know we've seen for example deshaun watson it's like all right we're gonna give him a suspension but you know, the NFL views the situation as, okay, did he do all that stuff? Probably. But he's great at football. We're going to put him back in the game because he's one cog in a wheel that churns billions of dollars for us. Um, and so, you know, as long as, as long as uh profit is prioritized over, like, player safety and ethics and morals, like, as a huge lover of the game of football i don't know i can't really see a path where it becomes like an ethical sport and that's really uh depressing because there are so many moments in football that are just i believe like on earnestly believe are, are beautiful like i think the game is incredible like i think you know it's I can't watching like Patrick Mahomes escape three attempted sacks and throw a no look pass 60 yards down the field to a player who has to run at like literal Olympic speeds to catch them. It's like that's incredible and I love watching it, but it's it's such a shame that the the league uh, organizing this play is so morally bankrupt um, and I don't really see much of a path for reforms there. Um, But, you know, hopefully something happens. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's 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 never going to be a fully ethical scenario or league. It's just it's not one step in the right direction would be guaranteed contracts for everybody who plays and immediately qualifying for a pension and other benefits post career, because right now you have to play three years. You know, if if DeMar Hamlin never plays again, he doesn't qualify for a pension as it stands now. And these teams are owned by billionaires who get a ton of public money to fund these stadiums. Let's talk about it. The Bills asked for the entire cost of their new stadium to be paid by taxpayers just like a year or two ago. He, This guy is worth multiple billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. is in great financial shape, also owns the Buffalo Sabres. They want a new stadium, and they want 100% of the bill to be footed by taxpayers. In what world does that make sense? And when people are exploiting the, the citizens and the fans of the cities in which their teams play, they should also have the money, they should also be required to put up the money to cover the benefits for these players. And that includes guaranteed contracts. So if you have some freak accident in your first or second season that leaves you with a lifetime of pain, potentially a physical disability, you're covered because you're putting your neck out there for these fucking typically racist, Trump-supporting or GOP-supporting billionaires who own these teams, who just ultimately, through other aspects of their life, make the world a worse place. They're exploiting your labor and your physical well-being
0: for profit. No, they can foot the fucking bill for your benefits. Well, I think it's the kind of thing, too, that people get confused by um, thinking about it too much. Like, well, these guys are rich. Like you said, he makes $800,000 a year. Like, what does he need benefits for? But, like, people don't understand that, like, if you're a pro athlete and you're the absolute best of the best and everything breaks, right, you're not, you don't have injuries and everything goes right in your career well, you're playing maybe 10 years, 10, 12 years, right? And then you like, that's your whole income for your main you know, for your entire life. So uh, people get a little bit confused about that just because these guys make high salaries that they shouldn't have to pay for benefits or things like that. Right. And we're talking about mostly
2: like the stars of the NFL. Like these guys are yeah. going to be, they're going to be fine. But like, I mean, it, Jamar Hamlin, I'm, I, I'm, I've heard of him, but I'm like, sure. Most people haven't until this accident. And you know, some of these bit players, some of these cornerbacks safeties, they don't make anywhere near the amount that players on the offense do. And so that's just something to keep in consideration too. The NFL knows that, that these players will, are like risking their lives. They know that they would put their lives on the line to win and they're taking advantage of that. But like, if you know that a player is risking his life, then you have to, you, in a, in a just world, you would match that energy with like the benefits and the payments. And, and that's just not the situation that we're in right now. And it's unfortunate.
0: Yeah. And just speaking to the whole like owner stadium thing we've talked about before, but that's it's like the ultimate example of like publicly subsidized, privately profitable, right? That's how we do it. That's how we do it in this this amazingly efficient economic system that we love to (laughs) brag to everyone about. (laughs)
1: Yeah, you 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 as the taxpayer have to foot the bill for the stadium and then get charged like an arm and a leg just to get into the stadium to watch a game price. and yeah. then our price gouge at the concession stand. It's just such a fucking scam.
0: And then some guy gets the profit and like when they win the Super Bowl or if they do, he's the first person. they go, Here you go, sir. Like, what oh, did, You didn't do anything. You didn't I do, hate that. You're literally just some guy you're barely even involved. that is that is the worst yeah. yeah we're all here for uh for arthur
1: blank to hold up the, <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the <laughs> it's, yeah it's the worst part of
2: every uh trophy ceremony it's like yeah. oh yeah the guy who i who i look up to is making a speech it's great then they pass it off to this old crusty dude you've never seen in your fucking life and he's sitting up there for 30 minutes and so who, who is this guy it doesn't make any yeah. sense
1: uh God, the amount of times I saw Robert fucking craft up there, like getting his greasy little like happy ending palms yeah. all over the all over the party <laughs> trophy after doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so part of the conversation around this also, I saw a lot of people quickly taking to Twitter to be like, yeah, the NFL sucks. They don't care about their players. It's like, yes, they do. They are sorry. Yes, they do not care. I agree. The NFL does suck. They do not care about the players, but it felt like this like wasn't the avenue to attack that for this. I thought the, the the target should be that these these contracts should all be guaranteed because if tomorrow Hamlin doesn't play again, like maybe something will change because it is such a unique circumstance. But anyone else without this, like without the profile, right. the high, yeah, this yeah. kind of a high profile on the injury, it's like you're out. Sorry. We don't need to. We're only paying you to play. These are at will contracts. Unlike people like Deshaun Watson, who does have a guaranteed contract for years. He's he has like I think close to two hundred million guaranteed. So even if he just like doesn't play the for the Ooh, remainder yeah. of that contract, he gets paid. But people mm-hmm. like Hamlin, up and comers, young young people, and the league churns through so many people. It it's not necessarily this story is not necessarily about the barbarism inherent in football. Right. It's about a freak accident potentially ending this guy's career with no guarantee of a safety net. And that is horrifying. And that is a problem throughout our economy and our workforce and our system. And mm-hmm. there is just no adequate safety net in general in this country, but especially in the NFL, without the guarantee of contracts. And I just saw a ton of people who already hate football see this as a moment to be like, oh, yeah, I hate this. It's so violent. This wasn't even that violent of a play. Yeah. It was a routine tackle. And then he got up. Like He got up. It was just that this freak accident stopped his heart. He mm-hmm. was like physically, like, you know, his heart aside, he was fine. He didn't, you know, break an arm or pull a muscle or anything. He was fine after that tackle. And I thought people totally missed the boat because they already hated the NFL. And that led to a lot of misguided criticisms when this should be about in the in any event, but especially in a freak accident. You should have a safety net for you. Like you pointed out, they cut the disability benefits they cut the uh what was it from 22,000 to 4,000 a month if you even mm-hmm. qualify and all players should be guaranteed a pension if you're even in the league you should be guaranteed a pension it is it is dangerous so you should guarantee that for everybody not just people who are lucky enough to make it 3 years and then they vest right like the 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 level of uh, barbarism as you put it what wasn't necessarily
2: you know that wasn't really a concern for this hit but the idea that at any point in a football game, you can be taken out for the rest of your life, uh, you know, lends credence to the fact that these benefits should just be astronomically uh, better for the players. I mean, even um, I'd go so far as to say that, like, obviously what what happened to Tua was um you know it, that those were nasty hits, and that does have a little bit of a place uh, in this barbarism conversation. But more concerning to me was the callousness um, shown by either the Dolphins or the league or whoever was making those decisions to put him back in a game four days later. The, we know the game is violent. Uh, we'd love for it to be less violent. We don't know how to get to that point, but more, more. Um, Pressing than that in my opinion is how the league reacts to these incidents and it's just abysmal
1: and this happens in other sports too you know this is an extremely common thing in little league baseball it is the number one cause of death in little league baseball uh and has a much higher uh rate in sports like baseball and also lacrosse where you're whipping a ball around very fast it also has literally
0: baseball of like in- multiple deaths in it i've never this was the first it's time I heard this. this yeah jeez. yeah it's okay. dangerous um
1: <laughs> it, it, put, it also happened that. in wrestling it happened to jerry yeah. lawler he got hit in the he got it was like getting elbowed in the chest repeatedly during a match and then he went to finish calling uh the event and then late like about 30 minutes later collapsed and his he had you know uh, uh not a heart attack but he had um I came. Cardiac arrest. Yeah, and Rob, you were saying you were there. Yeah, did yeah. you talk about that?
0: Yeah, it was crazy. Um, it was. Uh, yeah, I was. I was there at Monday Night Raw watching, and it was just weird because in the like in this, I was in the 300s or something. I was kind of far away. It was kind of hard to see what was going on. But just because there was a Jerry Lawler match earlier, he was in a tag team match. I can't remember who he was teaming with, but against Dolph Ziggler and CM Punk, and he took a bunch of uh, elbows to the chest. And then, you know, went back to call the event, like you were saying. And then just like sometime, you know, 30 minutes later, it was really hard to see what was going on, but this really dark vibe just kind of like settled on the arena. And it was clear that something weird and bad was going on. And then there was a big, like, you know, you saw like people gathering around the announce table or whatever, and it was pretty hard to see what was going on. But then it became, I think people were checking their phones and everything. And, uh. It was just it was very strange. Yeah, it was a very strange thing to be a part of. I went because it was with commentary. It was really hard to tell because if you actually watched the event, you could hear like all there's such a snore on the event. And then all of a sudden, just there's just silence. And then you have Michael Cole talking about what's going on. And then the rest of the event just happened in total silence. But it was very strange, very strange to be a part of. Did, hmm. So they didn't stop the event, right? They oh, no. they, they didn't stop. I mean, they WWE famously, when one of the wrestlers that's, died in the ring, they continued with the event. They don't, they don't stop. They don't, no matter what's going to go on. Like that's the most extreme thing that could possibly that happen. That's crazy. I didn't. I, it, he, they, Owen they Hart. know
2: he died, or they just like took him out and.
0: Owen Hart fell from a zip line. He was ziplining down to the ring. Fell, you know, however many stories into the ring, had to be carted out. And yeah, they continued the event afterwards. And yeah, they announced that he died at the event, which still in continued. In the event? Yeah, which still continued. Wow. Yeah. You that see WWE in that case but... being the like, in terms of like, you know, uh, capitalism in general or sp- like sports in general, just being the absolute apex of all the worst instincts and the worst phenomenons, the way that they treat their workers, the way that they treat their, you know. They're contracted workers as independent contractors and they don't pay them healthcare. They don't pay them hotel and and uh, car rental and all the things like these guys are on the road 300 days a year and their company, they're not allowed to compete for other companies, but they're not official employees um, and don't get official benefits or overtime or like a salary like that. They're treated as independent contractors. All the worst instincts of uh, American business, basically, is exemplified in uh, in pro wrestling, WWE. Yeah, it it's is. It is, it is in by wor- far the The sports
2: world uh, kind of just gets away with it with little to no scrutiny because of the idea that the players and the athletes are just, you know, living lavish lives and making millions of dollars a year, and, and that that's true in a lot of cases. But you know. <laughs> a worker's right is a worker's right and like it kind of doesn't matter what scale we're talking about especially if someone like damar hamlin who's playing for you know uh millions of dollars uh can't access any of that money if something bad happens to him
1: yeah yeah This, this the horror stories that you've heard time and time again from people post wrestling careers are just unbelievable and unlike so many other sports, I mean, football is probably the closest. You know, there's a lot of really traumatic stuff happens to uh, football players post-career, especially now that we see that CT is the cause of a lot of it. But even before that, you know, guys with just like really debilitating pain for the rest of their life, wrestling just seems like unbelievable, unbelievably bad, like how they treat their pain, like self-medicating with like alcohol and pain pills, just even while yeah.
0: they're in... While they're in the sport, it's just – it's really, really depressing Yeah, I do think there have been some improvements because there was that run in like the 2000s when it just seems there was just every single month another wrestler was dropping dead at 45 or 50 or like incredibly young. So I do think there has been some progress in terms of like tamping down that kind of lifestyle – And also providing a little bit more care to the actual people that are putting their health and their bodies on the line to like entertain people and make billions of dollars for the the company, which is, that's always the thing when it comes to whether it's wrestling or whether it's NFL or any other sport. Um, When people complain about these athletes making absorbent uh, salaries, it's like maybe LeBron James makes hundreds of millions of dollars, but he's making hundreds of billions of dollars for the stadium, for the owners of the team, for the owners of the NBA, for the advertising uh, companies. The corporations, the the ABC, NBC, ESPN, like, you know, they're creating billions. So, yeah, they're entitled to a, a significant cut of that. They're the ones doing the actual work, you know, not the not the owners of the teams. Uh, well, while
1: we still have you here, Manny, we want to get your thoughts on Kevin McCarthy's quest for speakership. And <laughs> we saw we saw a battle coming leading up to this point where some of the Freedom, Cauca- Freedom Caucus, like the fringe right? Uh, members of the GOP caucus in the House were saying they weren't going to vote for McCarthy, but we didn't really know the extent of how long they'd hold out. Would it, would it be one ballot? Would it be two? And what would they do? What, what, what did they want uh, in exchange for their votes? You alluded to it earlier uh, with the Lloyd Austin nomination, how that was framed as an advancement uh, for equity, diversity, and inclusion. And now, after a few ballots, you know, nominating different people like Andy Biggs and then Jim Jordan one round, they're on their sixth or seventh round now. And the past few, they've been nominating Byron uh, Donalds, a Freedom Caucus uh, member of uh, the House from Florida. And they're trying to say that they're doing this because it would be a step forward for diversity because he, he is black. Now, as somebody who also looks at uh, politics and news through a critical lens would <laughs> would this be a step in the right direction for equity, diversity, inclusion, Manny? <laughs> uh yeah, I think so. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's so crazy. Uh, it you know, when it when it when it comes to like parties or organizations like choosing kind of or, or tokenizing someone I'm, I'm just asking for like the bare minimum. Like just, I'm asking for you to just prove to me that you've earned this selection in some way, shape or form. For example, the Democrats choosing Hakeem Jeffries does not feel like, uh, a, a shot in the dark. It doesn't feel like a, they're spitballing. It doesn't feel like, um, it doesn't feel like uh, a just baseless kind of uh, way to get people on their side. The, but we just saw this happen with the Republicans and in Herschel Walker. I mean, they chose someone who they thought would resonate with black people. And it, it just shows uh, how little they know about reaching out to the, their constituents, the few of them that there are their, their, uh, black constituents. Um, and so th- this whole process with, with the House Speaker vote is, is <laughs> honestly, it, I found it, uh, really hilarious. Um, part of it reminds me of when the, the squad was first elected and there was all- this concern from, from the Democratic establishment that, you know, these people were coming in to, to, you know, they weren't going to take no for an answer. They're here to blow everything up. And, um, while, you know, since then, while the squad has like made stances and made their voices known, they've they've ha- they've had to play the game of politics and placate to the establishment. Th- that concern that the Democrats had is so much more applicable to uh to what's happening with Matt Gates and Lauren Berber. These guys might actually blow this shit up for like little to no reason, and the whole thing is just uh so entertaining to watch. Um, I, I usually find Democrats, um, antics on the floor, cringe, like today and yesterday they were bringing out popcorn and like doing all these jokes. And usually that stuff is like, uh, but yesterday I found myself, uh, a little bit pleased by it just like, because, because of how messy the Republicans are and like. I don't know. It's been a source of entertainment for me, if anything, especially picking the, what's the, what's the guy's name? Byron Daniels. Just yeah. this guy you've never heard of in your fucking life. I mean, like there's just, it's so funny to me.
0: I actually do yeah. ha- have, um, I do have some breaking news on this just while you were talking, Manny. Some news came in that they actually did finally agree on a, on a speaker of the house and it's, uh, the minions. What? <laughs> oh <laughs> my. Wow. Oh <laughs> my goodness. That's huge. That's a huge development. No, I don't know. Um <laughs> But uh, I, th- I thought that would play better than it did. But anyways, um, that's good. Yeah, thank you. I, it does because I've i seen people like relitigating the whole not the, to get into this discourse. Like even though as I'm saying it, I realize I'm doing it relitigating the whole like force the vote thing, which people famously got very mad at us for for being like ah, I don't know about this. I have a very yeah, mild yeah. take about this, and mm-hmm. I'm just wondering like I like. The whole premise of like forcing the vote was about forcing the vote on Medicare for all, right? And like holding up the vote for Speaker for Pelosi in order if they agreed to vote on Medicare for all, which in terms of like that actual strategy, I don't think that would have really accomplished all that much. I don't think it would have gotten anyone closer to getting Medicare for all. I don't think it would have led to some kind of like voter revolts as they realize, oh, my God, I can't believe the Democratic Party is against giving everyone healthcare, like they they know that they're very open about not wanting to do that. Right. I don't really think that like that strategy would have meaningfully done all that much. I'm just wondering if there is any merit or if either of you have any, have any thoughts about this, about whether there is value in just indicating to the establishment of your party, that like, we can fuck you over. Like we have the ability to do this, not even for any real reason, like what they're doing now. Like they're saying, oh, they're getting all kinds of concessions. They're probably not. But they are indicating to their party that they 're not just going to go along with what they want to do, and um you right. know we 've seen the squad or whatever the progressive members of of Congress and the Democratic Party want to call themselves, like you say many they 've tried to i think assert themselves in a few cases mostly they've been they 've kind of like gone along with what the establishment of the party wants in exchange for getting things like committee seats and things like this. Well, like, has this strategy really done much in terms of advancing progressive policy goals? Like, I'm not so sure. Like, would there be any benefit to just like, just just for no reason other than just to show the, your the party establishment that you have the ability to do so? Would there have been a value right. in just in, in, in going after them just for that reason?
2: Right. I'm not, I'm not sure pointing at, uh, the messiness of the Republican debacle right now is the, is a good indication that forced the vote would have worked because, especially because the Freedom Caucus, um, are there, they are causing trouble, but like ultimately we're probably going to get Kevin McCarthy as the House Speaker. And so, you know, you, what exactly was the benefit of this? It, the benefit is like you're showing your constituents that, um, that you mean what you say and you're taking a strong stance, but it's so much different than passing a bill, like this strategy to pass a bill because that, that is the goal. And they're both, they, in both cases, the, the quote unquote goal, goal isn't going to happen, if that makes sense.
1: The, the way I distinguish the original conversation, in god was that what year was that it feels like forever (laughs) ago but also yesterday it's it's, 1998 at this point yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. but like that was the whole plan was they do this in exchange for a floor vote that we know will fail and then we can have media pressure on the democrats over this issue which isn't going to work it would that's so far detached from reality what republicans are doing what the freedom caucus are doing they want rule changes to how they can remove a speaker And now one of their new demands is they want to shut down the government rather than raise the debt ceiling, which is a disaster. That's the that's the that's the Freedom Caucus demand now in exchange for their votes. That's a mess. Hmm. I wouldn't want to draw parallels to that because it's a bad idea in general. You don't want to shut down the government. It's it's just a it is a fucking nightmare. Like raising the debt ceiling is fine. And that should be your, you know, progressive position. It's money's not real. And. That if that's what the that's where they want to dig their heels. Okay, but in response, we've seen report after report of McCarthy now threatening these people, saying, "I'm ready to declare full out war to people who have not supported him." And that was the concerns that we had raised because members of like Ilhan has received a primary challenge, and now and and Talib has too, in the the two times they've been reelected and and to leave once there's a ton of money going into trying to primary omar thumbing your nose at dem leadership in the house look like to rob's point they're playing the game you have to play the game what or i'm sorry that was manny and thumbing your nose at pelosi or dem leadership in general is not going to you know draw direct confrontation from these people but they might not say hey hold off on primarying these people because in the in the couple elections since, Dem leadership has thrown their support behind members of the squad because they're incumbents. That's their stance. If you go out there and start attacking leadership, it's going to be, hey, open season. Go, go get them. They might even fundraise, uh, to to uh, to get oust you. Akeem Jeffries kind of went right up to that line with his team Blue Pack. He was single that pack with Gottheimer was singling out Justice Democrats to try to stop them from getting elected. If you want to thumb your nose and try to make a stand during what is ultimately a losing battle in this, in the quest for speaker, because you just don't have the votes to change it. That's going to invite, if, if not removal from committees or worse committee assignments, it could invite just straight up attacks to oust you. And what position, How how is that a better position to be in if you are a progressive member of the House to lose your seat overall and not even have a voice in the conversation than a failed house i I've, I've never understood that strategy <laughs> but uh, I, somehow here we are we're still talking about it
0: <laughs> yeah well that's like i think i agree with a lot of that about the the actual strategy and like whether it would have delivered results i guess it, it's ultimately a question of like should these progressives take a more hostile approach to the establishment of the party to try and push for their goals like whether that's a strategy or not Because we've seen, like, frankly, a lot of the time, like, throughout the first two years now of uh, the Biden administration, they've kind of got played a couple times. Like, when it comes to the that infrastructure bill or the Build Back Better framework, when they tried to take the side of the establishment, and then they the establishment ended up siding with kind of the mansion sect and kind of making him the hero of the whole thing. So I guess that's what I'm wondering is, like, where – where that line is, like whether the, whether their strategy of just always seemingly kind of siding with the Democratic Party establishment in order to sort of get that, you know, have that, be able to work within that process um, versus, you know, would it have been better to take a, maybe a slightly more aggressive approach? Um, and, you know, that's, that's kind of what I'm wondering. I don't know what the answer is, but that's, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of
2: hard to to predict. Um, But I guess we just we know that one way has worked historically. For I mean, not to the extent that we would like it to work, but there's just so much precedence of like that basic understanding of yeah, I'm going to be cool to you now so that you can be cool to me later. It's not at all how politics should work, but it's how it does work, and it feels it feels like a a like a tall task to be like let's blow that up and. Piss everyone off and see where it gets us um but i you know ultimately like i understand the the anger and like the frustration and the idea that our elected officials should be fighting more aggressively for the stuff that we elected them to fight for um but you know there is there's a level of like pragmatism that you have to have when um considering how they're gonna try to get this stuff done um especially with uh Term limits where like, you know, House uh Representatives can just keep being elected over and over and like they know that they're playing the long game. Um, yeah, I don't know. It is it is a tough like middle ground to be in because I found myself in, in the same stance that you guys were back when that force of vote stuff was happening. But it wasn't necessarily because I thought it was a bad idea to be more aggressive about the, the and push harder for the stuff that you want. It's more just like a strategic thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I say do that in you know legislative battles where you actually can get something in exchange not oh a guarantee that something will happen later because like to rob's point that's something that did happen multiple times over the last congress and it didn't pan out like it's just that it's you oh we get their word that at some point something will happen <laughs> that's the one thing we did see happen repeatedly over the past congress <laughs> and nothing materialized so if you really want something to happen or you want to actually get a vote on something, do it in the amendment process. Do it by trying to change the legislation in exchange for your vote. One of the criticisms of the Congressional Pro- Progressive Caucus over the past several years has been they do not vote as a block, which makes it very easy for them just to get pushed over when they make a demand. Doing that, voting as a block, having Jayapal and whoever else runs it whip votes to have them vote as a block. Doing that successfully will get you whatever you want in legislation. And then whether that passes ultimately the Senate is a different question. But if that's what you want, if you want a floor vote on these things, the CPC voting as a block is the way to do it. Not getting someone's word in exchange for a vote for a leadership position.
0: Well, you see how 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 meaningless the term progressive even is when people like Hakeem Jeffries are part of the progressive caucus. You see how like. Maybe you need to do some little work of determining what that actually entails and what that means. And then you can vote as a block when you don't have this massive (laughs) ideological difference between people that are all calling themselves progressive as kind of a branding exercise.
2: Right. Right. Republicans get the leg up on this because, well, up until a few years ago, they've had always just had the same ideas about everything. Every single one of them agreed about everything. They voted that way. They they. Built partnerships that way and it was so much easier to just work as a block uh inherently on the left democrats it, we we i think <laughs> i don't know why but like we just have so much more of a variety of ideas and and um ideologies that it, it's harder to to create like cohesion and, and unity naturally i mean i think that's how politics should be but um yeah it just sucks to have seen like republicans get like really succeed on that just because they all we're like all right yeah let's let's get behind this one thing and push for it as hard as possible
1: well i think your internet manny is telling us that it's time to wrap oh no <laughs> did um, i disconnect we don't even see you right now yeah oh I see god all right well
0: <laughs> you do <laughs> yeah i Are think the damn
2: establishment me? is cutting my my yeah. camera out they, they they're tired of me
1: that's it you've been silenced <laughs> manny, uh, manny thank you so much for joining us where can people follow you and your content uh you can follow me at the same
2: handle on pretty much every social media app which is just Manny Fidel. Um also give MSNBC a follow on TikTok and Instagram. I'm I'm my my face is on there all the time. Um and I'm assuming you're following me cuz you want to see my face and that's where that's where it exists. Uh so yeah, thanks for having me guys. This is a blast as always. Um Jordan, I can't wait for our little project to come
1: out in a week or two yeah yeah we got something <laughs> up our sleeve it's very funny yeah.
0: cool. well thank cool. you manny thanks manny
1: hey everyone thank you for listening to the insurgents if you want to subscribe to the show you can find us on itunes or spotify or at substack theinsurgents.substack.com you'll get the latest episodes delivered straight to your inbox as well as our newsletter on twitter we are at insurgents pod tweeted us harass in our replies and then send us your hate mail to InsurgentsPod at gmail.com thank you once again for listening